Welcome to the Cash Flow Guys Podcast. That's right, boys and girls. You know what time it is. You should know who this is. I am Tyler Sheff, and this is the Cash Flow Guys Podcast. And guys, this week we're going to talk about ethical profits from crisis. And I know that can be a Ooh, that's a tough topic, right? What brings this episode to light is, uh, as you know, I've been, I moved down to Key West a couple of years ago and establishing myself in the marketplace, both as a realtor and as an investor. Although uh, we had a property under contract that didn't work out, that doesn't mean that we've stopped looking. We're absolutely still uh, looking. We're pounding the streets, pounding the pavements, looking for opportunity both in Key West and elsewhere throughout the state of Florida. Uh, with that said, the market is what it is. It's been, it's been a, tough uh, book of business trying to get things done. There's, you know, when this has been going on the last couple of years, there's, it is not a fire sale. There's not a whole lot happening as far as what's for sale available for sale. So when that happens, we have to shift our focus on attracting business instead of trying to chase it down. And what do I mean by that? Well, it's easy, but it was back in 2010 and 20, even 2009, there was a lot of things for sale, at least I'm talking about Florida. There's a lot of things for sale because the market had just tanked. Uh, 2008 happened, and there was all kinds of stuff available for sale. Wholesalers were had tons of in, in the inventory. Boy, boy, long day today. Had lots of inventory available. Everybody was trying to dump their properties right away, so that created tons of opportunity. And I can tell you, we got some crazy deals back in those days. I kind of secretly wish that some of those things would go haywire again, because I would appreciate some of those deals again, even though I still own most of it. Anyway, so that's not what's happening now here in uh, Key West and throughout the state of Florida. And, and in a lot of markets across the country, things don't seem to be slowing down. When COVID happened, things that people were like, well, I can actually think way before COVID in 2014, people said, oh my gosh, things are getting so expensive. The market's going to crash. The housing market's going to crash. And guess what? It didn't crash. And then in 2015, 2016, you get the idea. 2019, then COVID hits and people are like, now it's definitely going to crash. People are going to go into, there's going to be a foreclosure crisis. The sky is falling. We're all going to die. Everybody was on pins and needles. Buying stopped to some degree, but a lot of folks were still buying anyway, uh, because when there's blood in the streets or blood in the waters, they say that's when the sharks come out and the sharks got some great deals. Uh, looking at things now, the buying pressure hasn't waned much at all. And I know they said when interest rates, most recent thing, interest rates are going up. Uh, Chair Powell, the Federal Reserve chairman, said that interest rates are going to go up. He did raise interest rates. They went up. Didn't make a huge dent in the in the real estate market, at least not here in Florida. So what I've seen was what I want to talk about today, but I've got some solutions for you that is going to help you guys get some stuff under contract and hopefully get to the closing table so you can get cash flowing. And these are the exact same strategies that Mike and I are working with here in the investment fund, not only just in Key West, as I'd said, but elsewhere in the state of Florida and emerging markets. Well, I was getting a little frustrated not having anything to look at when the Seaport Inn deal fell apart there's nothing else for sale on the market in Key West. The island is two miles by four miles. There's one other deal that was for sale. They want $15 million. The deal doesn't make sense for anything more than about 9 or $10 million. So guess what? I didn't even bother writing an offer on that deal. We negotiated back and forth. I tried to explain this, you know, the situation. It's like, hey, can't give you $15 million. The property's never going to appreciate, which means I won't be able to make good by my investors. I'm not going to do a bad deal. This is going on all over the country. I've had offers out all in the last several weeks. I've had offers. I've had several offers go out to several different sellers and brokers and whatnot 
trying to see if we can come to a meeting of the minds and have some sort of an agreement on uh, opportunities here in not only in Key West, but in other markets like Tampa. And I'm looking at North Pinellas County, South Pasco County, uh, Florida, things like that. Lakeland area, uh, all along the West coast of Florida, looked at property up in Alachua, Jacksonville, Tallahassee, uh, Daytona beach, uh, you name it. We went to Leesburg, Orlando. We have done a lot of pounding the pavement. And what we're seeing here is that there's just simply not a lot of inventory but there's still a lot of people that want to buy. There's a lot of people that have dry powder like us that want to get their money moving. And, you know, that creates interest. And those folks may or may not be more conservative than we are. Now, there's a fine line between being conservative and being silly. And I want to make sure I, I reiterate that. It, you can be over conservative and that can keep you from doing deals. With that understanding, now that we have that clear, know that there are still opportunities right under our nose. Here's what I mean. Ted this morning, because I said, I'm still looking for opportunity in Key West amongst other places. We've got asset managers, acquisitions, people looking all over the state of Florida for us, including the efforts of myself and Mike, because, you know, it takes a village, right? To find something that makes sense. I'm not going to just do a deal to do a deal to put the people's uh, investors money to work because that I'm not, it, it would wind up being a bad deal. I'm not going to do a bad deal just to get money moving. This is why people invested with us in our fund. That's why cash flow guys is what it is. Yeah, the money hasn't gone flying out the door yet, but at the end of the day, we want to make sure we make a good deal, a decent deal. We want a good base hit so that we know that down the road, I don't have to have a capital call or explain to investors why I screwed up or whatever. I don't want that to happen. That doesn't make sense. And frankly, I've got my own money invested in this. Mike has his money invested in it. So we're not just playing with other people's money. We're playing with our own money too. And we want to be careful and cautious and make sure we do a good deal. With that understanding, today I was at the city council, down at city hall. They had a special meeting. They called it kind of last minute. At least I found out about last minute. I actually happened to find out about it on Facebook. Um, And it's to address the short term or to address the housing crisis more specifically how it ties into the short-term rental market. Now, I know a lot of you folks that listen to the podcast are people that have contacted me about buying properties yourself uh, down here in Key West with me or doing it on your own, whatever. So that's part of the reason I want to do this episode. But what I'm going to talk to you about quickly here today applies in any market you're in. And what I mean by that is, yes, there's not a whole lot that's for sale right now. Yes, there's not a lot of opportunity out there in the marketplace that's being advertised anyway. But keep in mind, just because something is in the MLS doesn't mean, uh, or not in the MLS doesn't mean it's not for sale. It just means it's not in the MLS. The MLS is, understand this, really it's a marketing system. The MLS is no different really than a Facebook ad. It's a data aggregator, but realistically, it takes data inputs from the users, from the realtors. It matches it with public records, things like CoreLogic data and things like that, and then it serves it up to you on a platter. So it's software. A lot of properties that have been bought and sold, especially in the last couple of years, never saw the MLS. They weren't on the MLS. The wholesalers didn't get them because maybe the sellers are sophisticated and they know they're not going to waste their time dealing with some schleppy seller or wholesaler who's like, uh, you know, talking about ARV on a 600-unit apartment building. Generally, those more sophisticated, uh, larger properties don't get done by wholesalers. Do they get done sometimes? Sure. But do they get done on a regular basis? Not so much. So keeping all this in mind, where do you go find opportunity? Well, one of the reasons I went to the meeting this morning is because I want to, number one, keep on tabs of what's going on in Key West. It's important. 
for me as a realtor, number one, representing clients, and more importantly, as an investor, or equally as important as an investor, to know what the hell I'm talking about. So that when I go out and make a decision, then I can make a smart decision because I'm playing with people's futures, really livelihoods, whether it be a buyer of mine or an investor of mine, or frankly, mine and Jill's money, we got to make sure we do our due diligence. So went to the meeting, sat there, listened to the whole thing. I had a lot to say, believe it or not, <laughs> big shocker there. And a lot of things I discovered at this meeting. And one thing, one thing, one of my biggest takeaway was the city was all set to start wielding uh, legislation without doing all their homework. Now, in the last couple of years, we've seen a lot of garbage going on in the media about people you know, they fake news, this, that, whether CNN says one thing, Fox says another. Let's all agree that all media outlets tend to elaborate and sensationalize the news. If you don't believe me, just go watch the Weather Channel around hurricane season. And that's a perfect example of all media, pretty much all mainstream media. You can see it on YouTube, you see it on Facebook, you see it on Twitter, whatever. Okay, we all get that we have a housing crisis. And understand this I'm not just talking about Key West, guys. There's a housing crisis all over the country. My daughter's moving out to Seattle. Uh, she's actually out in Seattle right now. She just moved there. Her rents are more, it costs more to rent an apartment in Seattle than it does in Key West. That's a problem. That's a serious problem. So there is an affordability crisis. Now, my kid, fortunately, is smart. She works hard. She's got a good work ethic. She work, has a great job working at Costco. And she doesn't have, she, she doesn't have an affordability problem. She has a rental property, all that, so she's not going to have any of those issues that a lot of folks have, but most people don't have additional streams of income. They don't have rental property. So, you know, it's a tough situation when costs keep going up, landlords have to keep raising rent, or property's going to wind up in foreclosure or worse in various states of disrepair, which is not going to help anybody. Landlords are not going to help the tenants. So what do we do to solve this problem? Well, I said this today at the meeting, and I thought, you know, this is a good topic for a podcast. It starts with figuring out capacity. And what do I mean by capacity? Well, by capacity, I mean like in Key West, for example, it's an island that's essentially two miles by four miles wide. And when you have a small little island, we're not creating more land. This isn't Dubai. We're not going to create a big palm tree out in the ocean. This, it is what it is. We're not, they're not going to let us, FEMA, whoever, is not going to let us put any more land in Key West. We've filled in, the Navy filled in back in the day, what they're going to fill in, it's pretty much done. They're not, they're not going to do it. So the, what you see is what you get, which means your options are either go up, build high rise, uh, or don't build at all. And that's where the problem comes in, right? They say, well, we don't want to ruin Key West by building up and making it look like Miami. Sure. I get it. Trust me. I get it. But there's not enough capacity and not enough vacant units, not enough properties for rent to create a, a, a real fair market. So what you have is a supply and demand imbalance. You've got too much demand and not enough supply. Well, I don't have any answers for you today on how to fix demand unless you just want to destroy your own housing market and say, ooh, let's turn it into, I don't know, Portland or Seattle or some other hole, and hopefully demand will wane. Well, a perfect example is last time I checked, Seattle was on fire for the last two years. Not happy about my daughter moving, choosing that city to live in, but whatever. And even that did not seem to have a dent in the local rents. I mean, there was all kinds of gang violence and rent and uh, fires and riots and or what are peaceful assemblances, depending on what side of the aisle you choose. And that didn't seem to make a difference. Rents are still what they are. Why is that? Well, a lot of reasons. Uh, property tax, number one, insurance. Anything in Florida, insurance is not going to be cheap. I mean, if you're going to pay insurance, look at the price of insurance on a three-bedroom, two-bath house in Hayes, Kansas, 
versus Tampa, Florida, you're going to be in for a shell shock if you're buying property in Florida. Insurance is no joke. Uh, insurance companies are for profit, by the way, in case you're wondering. They're for profit. And when they have claims, and when storms come through and whatnot, that costs them money. So they pass it on to their, their uh, policyholders because that's unfortunately, guys, how the ball bounces. So when we look at how do we get all this done, how, we're never going to, first of all, I don't believe that rents are going to go down because at least in Florida, because as long as there's demand, it's not logical that rents would go down. Now you could say, well, rent control. Yeah, they've, they've tried that. And where did you wind up with in rent control? You wind up with Chicago and you wind up with New York city, gang violence, crime. It just doesn't work. I mean, I could tell you a million reasons why it doesn't work. If you try rent control in someplace like Tampa, like for example, the city of St. Petersburg, Florida is in talking about all this rent control stuff. Well, when you get into rent control, you're also violating people's property rights. I'm not here to debate the topic. I'm just telling you the facts of the facts. If you tell limit what somebody can do with their property, it will have an impact on their property value. That's just logical. That's not even a political statement. That's just logical. It is what it is. You like it or hate it or whatever. It doesn't change the fact that it's true. It's absolutely true. So how do you solve that problem? Well, in some cases, you don't. You let nature take its course. That's one of the things that we talked about today in the meeting was, you know, the housing market is what it is. It'll correct itself. It always does. Leave it be. Don't mess with it. It's kind of like don't mess with nature because nature will come back and whoop your ass when you're not paying attention. Don't mess with it. What happens to the little towns when they build a dam downstream while well, the little town goes away, right? And then it becomes something for fish to hide in later. That's essentially what you're going to do if you get into too much of this legislation. So where do you find the opportunity then? What do you do? And I'm here to tell you in the, in this town, in Key West, and the same thing goes in the Tampa Bay market and most major markets I can think of, the first place you go, listening investors, get a pen and paper, go to code enforcement. Every code enforcement agency, department in every city, town, and county, and state all across America has a list of problem properties. These are properties that have four walls, a roof, and a foundation. I realize they may be trashed and nasty, but you're going to, it's in a lot of cases, it's a lot cheaper to fix what's there than to build something else. In a place like Key West, where you're not really going to be able to build anything else, maybe the government needs to get involved to some degree and put some of these unused resources to work. Maybe giving an investor or a developer a 99 year lease on a dilapidated building so that at least we don't have to bear the cost of the infrastructure, then we can go put our investors' money to work building, improving, getting the cash flows. That will help us keep rents realistic because we're not going to have to charge as much rent if we don't have to buy the infrastructure. Now, I know buildings right now in the city of Key West, we could probably add three to 400 housing units in the city of Key West if I can get the city commission and the citizens of Key West to get on board with the program. And I don't have all the exact answers right now, but know this, every one of you in every town across America has some sort of underutilized real estate asset in your town. I don't care if it's a shopping mall or a defunct apartment building. I mean, Memphis, Tennessee is flat full of abandoned properties. Uh, <laughs> they've got so much supply in Memphis. That's why their rents are $300 a month. Don't let anybody tell you that it's any higher than that in, in Memphis, unless it's in a really nice neighborhood with a golf course. Otherwise, Average market rent in the city of Memphis in the in the uh, hood runs about between two twenty five to three hundred dollars a month, and that hasn't changed. That's not going to change. That's just what it is. So, in your community, find properties that have problems. I've been saying this for 
oh, 351 episodes now, or 352 episodes, find issues. Take the issues to your city council, to your city managers, to code enforcement, and say, hey, I would like to solve this problem. I'm working on one of these right now in a town up in, in uh, outside of Tampa that I'm familiar with, where I have a team already established. I've got contractors, attorneys, and everybody I need, painters and everybody, to renovate a property. We're going to renovate it, turn it into a rental, let the property value go up, and then we're going to sell it in a couple of years. It's a train wreck, though. It needs, a, it needs one of everything, but it's in an amazing neighborhood that everybody would want to live in, and we need to work with code enforcement to get that situated. So I spent a lot of time. I just got on, I jumped in the truck and drove up there, spent a week up there a couple of days ago. I just got back into town because I was working with code enforcement to say, okay, if I buy this thing, what do I need to do to get you guys to get it compliant? And the short answer was, we're not quite sure. I find that interesting. Now, this one, the owner has done some of the work to it to alleviate the code concerns, but the rest of the work will be up to me. I also wanted to make sure that there's not going to be any fines. And it was interesting when you actually talk to code enforcement, have a good conversation with these people. Believe it or not, they're not the devil. Okay, they're not the devil. Uh, they have a job to do, like the police, like the doctors, like anybody. They have a job to do. And unfortunately, sometimes their job requires them to do unpleasant things to to enforce the law. In that, in this example, they were very nice to work with. They were great to work with. But I do have a relationship with them. I first got to know them a little bit. I didn't walk in and punch them in the head and say nasty things and tell them they're stupid. Instead, I walked in and said, hey, I want to fix this problem. Help me understand the situation so I can better fix it. What can I do to get this solved? And they gave me a list of things that I can get done. Uh, and they also gave me, provided me with contact information for the seller, all the other stuff that I didn't have because I'm working through a wholesaler. And if the wholesaler basically ghosts me and doesn't do anything and it just sits there and rot because they're a newbie and they don't know any better, you can bet your sweet ass that I'm going to get on the phone and call that seller if nothing happens with it over an extended period of time. Somebody like, oh, geez, you can't do that. I'm like, well, you really shouldn't tie up someone's property unless you have a buyer. So unless, of course, you're a real estate agent, which you're not. So have a nice day. But in the end, guys, it comes down to talking to the folks in your local community, finding out what the problems are, speaking with code enforcement, city manager, mayor, if you will, city council, identify problem properties and work towards a solution to fix them. Every problem out there is fixable. Okay. Everything out there doesn't need to be sold subject to or or wholesaled or whatever, you can go in there, you can apply for grants. There are all kinds of grants available for housing, believe it or not. That starts with talking to your local government, talking to the the HUD, Housing and Urban Development, finding out what situations are out there. What do they offer to help solve some of these problems? Once you understand that, and by digging in, guys, I've found lots of opportunities where I can get, uh, I can get grant money. I can get all kinds of incentives that will help us, those invested in the fund with us, help us get some some deals that we normally couldn't get done because we're getting some we're we're possibly going to get some government participation. And when we get that government participation, when it presents itself, if it makes sense and it provides my investors a good return and helps the community, why wouldn't I do that? Frankly, it'd be irresponsible not to do that. So that's just a little bit of taste and kind of what we're doing and what we're thinking and how we're getting stuff done. Um, more to follow on that. I got a lot of different irons on the fire in this regard to get creative, to get some stuff under contract and get off to the closing table so we can get start earning those nice fat returns for our investors. If you ever uh, thought about investing in real estate or you, and you are an accredited investor, or even if you're not an accredited investor and you just kind of want to learn what to do, feel free to get on the phone with me. Go to cashflowguys.com. 
up at the top, hit the Ask Tyler button, get on my calendar, let's have a good conversation. Let me help you through some of these challenges. I can absolutely do that for you. There's no obligation, no charge. You don't have to be an investor, none of that. I just want to see you guys get good deals done. It's going to be a great 2022. I refuse to stop saying that because I absolutely believe it. 2022 has been, will be, and continue to be an amazing year, but that takes massive action. That takes doing something besides sitting around complaining about what's wrong. Let's get out there. Let's roll up our sleeves. Let's talk to our community, talk to our government leaders, figure out how we can help. That's a great way to live your life. When you're out there actually solving problems, bringing value to the community, you're going to make money by default, guys. It's absolutely true. I've been doing that most of my life, and I'm living proof that if you focus on solving problems, finding solutions to problems, profit will shortly follow thereafter. Guys, have a great week, and I will catch up with you next time. This concludes today's episode. You don't have to wait till the next episode to learn to earn. Head over to CashflowGuys.com and contact Tyler and his team for more powerful tips and ideas. So you can start generating multiple streams of income and escape the rat race.